Hello, I'm Elliot Knight, Director of the Alabama State Council on the Arts. Welcome to Alabama Arts Radio. Each week, Council staff will introduce you to exceptional artists and special people who make the arts happen in Alabama. Alabama Arts Radio features the visual, performing, literary, and folk arts that contribute to our state's rich cultural heritage. Join us each Wednesday at 9 p.m. Central to explore the diverse and dynamic arts landscape in Alabama. Welcome to the Alabama Arts Radio. I'm Jacqueline Biscup with the Alabama State Council on the Arts. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with two women who provide arts engagement in a hospital setting supported by the Huntsville Hospital Foundation. With a BA in art and a minor in human development, Melissa Lawson, CCLS, has the combination of skilled art training and human compassion needed to offer creative experiences for Huntsville Hospital. She became certified as a child life specialist in 2003, and in 2018, she implemented the arts and medicine program at Huntsville Hospital, which she currently coordinates. Kate Leonard is a board-certified music therapist trained to AMTA quality standards at Radford University, where she was in the Honors College and received an award for Outstanding Graduate Student. She has vast experience in various clinical settings, joining Huntsville Hospital in 2020. In 2021, she earned an extra certification to apply targeted music therapy interventions for infants and families in the NICU. Welcome, Melissa and Kate. Melissa, I'm going to start with you. What is arts and medicine as a general field, and how did you come to practice this as a profession? Arts and medicine is in the field of arts and health, and the arts and health field is basically a diverse, multidisciplinary field, and we're dedicated to transforming the health and the healthcare experience through engagement with the arts. The field integrates many art forms, such as literary, performing, visual arts, and design. It can be in a hospital setting or they also have community settings. And I found out about it many years ago, actually. The University of Florida has had a program for over 30 years now, and I first heard about that program many, many years ago. My own personal experience, I love the arts, and the arts have played a huge part in my own life. My degree is in graphic design, and so I worked in that for a few years. But then I found this organization that provided free art, basically, to kids in the foster care system. And so I was able to see, at that point, the impact that the arts can have, not only myself, but as a whole, on different individuals. So I think that sparked my passion. A few years later, I've moved back here to Huntsville and started volunteering at the hospital. I wanted to bring art to kids in the hospital. That was, I think, about 2000, and it just makes such a huge difference. So that was kind of the seed that got me started in this field. And Kate, same question for you, although maybe you can make a bit of a distinction between arts and health and music therapy in particular. Music therapy is a clinical and evidence-based practice where we use music and a therapeutic relationship to help patients reach individualized goals that aren't necessarily musical in nature. And so one of those biggest differences is that it must be practiced by a certified professional. Patient process of four-year bachelor degree in music therapy. And then we have tons of practicum experiences in that coursework, as well as training and counseling classes, psychology, music theory, music history. And following our graduation, we do our internship, which is a six-month internship focused on that hands-on experience. And 
go on pass our board certification test. We have that training in the counseling side of things, and we come up with those individualized treatment plans. What I do when I step into a room, I go in and I assess the patient, see what are their areas of need. Do they need help with pain management or do they need an outlet to express their emotions of what they're going through in the hospital? And then I also look at their strengths and see, okay, are they really good at communicating? Do they love writing? And use that to help form those goals as well as develop interventions to use. And so we might do songwriting together or discuss lyrics of a song and apply that to their life as well as playing instruments. I might bring in instruments for them to play or some patients would rather me play and sing and they can just focus on their breathing or do some relaxation imagery. And so within that, we're always evaluating, seeing what we can change to help better meet those needs. Although I do work in the hospital setting too, I should add that music therapists can also work in nursing homes and schools, um, private practices, correctional facilities, a whole range of areas, really any age group or developmental need we have that ability to adapt and work with. So for me, music was always a big part of my life. I grew up going to the park to watch my grandfather play in his jazz band. He played saxophone and as well as my grandmom played piano. And whenever I went over to visit, she would always teach me just little simple songs. And I very early on started taking lessons. Piano and flute is where I started and grew up, of course, being in school bands and I played in the band at my church, so it was a way for me to socialize with other people, to be creative, and also as I got older into my teenage years, it really did become a coping skill for me and an outlet for me to use as well. Whether it was listening to music on a hard day or going to the piano and just a lot of times I would just improvise and make up a song. So in high school, when I found out about music therapy, I loved that I could help teach other people how to use music as a coping skill and to have that ability to, to be flexible and practice with a wide variety of people. Um, I love that change. I love working with people of all different ages and getting to know what they're interested in as well. So I went on to college and I did my internship at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And that was where I fell in love with working in the hospital setting. Like you said, I've been at Huntsville Hospital now for two and a half years and just love working with patients and families and staff here. One thing I wanted to highlight that you both said is that you started with your own love and practice of your art form and then built that into a career. So I just want to highlight that because there's always that opportunity for anyone listening to build that into something. But at the same time, it can also just be part of healthy coping, health and wellness. So you touched on this a little bit, but can you both talk a little bit more specifically about what services you provide at Huntsville Hospital through your programs? Absolutely. The arts and medicine program, we have, including myself, we have two other artists. They're contract employees. They work 10 hours a week and they are artists in the community. One is a visual artist, Daria Hammond, and she has been with us maybe three years now. She first started as a volunteer, but has since become one of our contracted artists. And then we have another artist, Lauren Molesky. She's a literary artist, so she does writing and poetry and things like that. What we do is we will go and offer art to patients if they wanted to participate just for art's sake. We don't have therapeutic goals like with music. Kate mentioned that they will have specific individualized therapeutic goals. 
We are just going to offer the experience of art and it's patient directed. They can choose to say yes, they can choose to say no. Currently, we are in the antepartum unit, oncology unit over at the adult hospital, St. Jude affiliate clinic, and the pediatric floor. We also have one of our artists does a breast cancer support group, and she just facilitates an art activity for that group, and that's quarterly. And we offer any kind of activities from creative writing, poetry, blackout poetry, painting, Derriere is, is so skilled at being able to facilitate and to teach her craft that she's able to guide art, you know, the patients through whatever they want to create. It's a really neat thing. One thing that I've been focusing more on since I have the artists to go help with working with patients and staff, they also offer opportunities for staff as well. But I've been able to provide art in the environment through temporary art displays and even permanent art displays, things like that, which is another aspect of arts and health, just a way to enhance the environment in the hospital through the arts. You sent me a video from one of your professors at University of Florida, and in the video, she says that the goal is to humanize the healthcare experience and create a holistic environment for healing and wellness. And so that environment that you're creating with your program is contributing to that. Yeah, I think people forget that when you come into the hospital, a lot of times you're assigned, you know, medical record number or patient room number. And sometimes the staff will even refer to people as room 422. Well, it's not a room, you're a person. And so I think the arts have such a great way of helping people remember staff and patients that we are people, we're human being. I'm not just a disease. I'm not just a diagnosis. You know, I'm an individual, whether your diagnosis is curable or not, you're still a human. And that's one of the things I love about the arts. It absolutely helps humanize the environment. Definitely. And Kate, what about you? You mentioned a few of the music therapy offerings, but maybe you could speak to some others that you provide. Our program right now, I am full-time. We also have a part-time music therapist, Mae McLaughlin. And together we cover our pediatric unit, our neonatal ICU, St. Jude Clinic, and our outpatient pediatric therapy programs. We work really close alongside speech therapy, occupational therapy, and physical therapy, as well as our child life specialists throughout those different units. And then additionally, we also will cover consults. So if we get a consult for an adult with dementia or the ED, radiology. Um, so if there is a need and a nurse places that consult and lets us know about that, we do try to prioritize those patients and do our best to get to as many as we can. And then we also have a new music therapist starting next week, actually, Lisa Peng. She will also be full-time, but then working mostly with the adult side of the hospital. So she'll be working with palliative care patients, leading groups for behavioral health, and then working with adult oncology too. And that is such a huge need over there as well with all those patient populations to help serve those patients and those families. And really throughout our units, we're always focused on those families and how can we support the whole unit because that will help better serve that patient in the long run. You know, you talked about supporting all of the families and shifting a little bit, but I want to note this is one thing that I find really special about your program. And I had the chance to visit you all not so long ago. But one thing I find really special is the attention that you pay to staff as well. We hear now days throughout the COVID pandemic, the demands and the burdens that are placed on hospital staff in 
in this time period. But that not, is not necessarily a new thing, right? But you really pay attention to staff and their experience as well. Can you share some of the ways that you are engaging staff members? During COVID, well, and not like you said, not only during COVID, but even prior, but it felt more of a need in some ways during COVID. Some of the things we did then, and we've been doing previous, since 2018, we offer an employee art show and it's open to employees and family members. And it's just a way for them to showcase their creativity, put themselves out there on display, to be creative and share that work. And it stays up for about two and a half months. It's through this organization called the National Arts Program. And it's just such a great way. One, you see connections being built. A couple things that I've heard when I was putting up the artwork, a staff member was pushing a patient through the hallway and the patient requested that the staff member go very slow because they wanted to see all the art. And that was beautiful. But then to hear the staff stop me and tell me how it makes such a difference to have the artwork in the hallway. They love it. They love it every year. The connections built when I hear staff walking down the hallway and say, oh, I didn't know you did art. And then they start talking about it. So it just is a point that it helps build connection, not only the creativity that they're engaging in the arts, but even the social connections that they have with talking about it. So that's one thing that we continue to do during COVID. And I felt like it was especially important because at that time there wasn't many visitors in the hospital. So in some ways the employee art show was very much for staff in the hallways at that point. We still would have patients that would be transported down that hallway, but there were no visitors. And so it became even more important, I think, during that time. Another thing we did was, and I got this idea from a medical college in Arizona, and I ended up contacting the lady to ask her, you know, the how-to, and it was hearts and medicine. We asked staff to respond to the prompts, either how do you keep your heart in medicine, or I keep my heart in medicine by. And they got to create a little three-inch square. They got to paint it. And we had to individually wrap each of these, package them in Ziploc bags because of COVID. We, we couldn't share anything. So I had to individually wrap hundreds of packets for staff, but it was such a great reminder during that difficult time, why we started to do the things we were doing. Like, why did we choose this profession? Why are we here? What helps us to stay motivated? And I just think we need those reminders in life. That project was definitely a way to help staff remember why they're doing what they're doing. We also provided little craft kits and coloring sheets during that time for staff, just to take a pause, a moment, and just color. And I just think it really helps. So that hearts and medicine piece that you described on an individual level, it's really significant. But then when you were able to finally display it, which I was able to see it when I visited, it's this incredibly large, colorful patchwork piece that it really is a work of art on its own being displayed on the walls of the hospital that everyone can see. We are a radio program, so we have the benefit of being able to share some of the work that Kate does with her patients. But this is actually a sound clip created for a staff member. So Kate, can you give us a little introduction to what this is? And then I will go ahead and play. So the clip that you're about to hear is an example of a heartbeat song. And so these are songs that we do provide for our patients and families too. Most often at end of life, we can provide them for babies, children, 
adult, any age within that spectrum. And the process of that is we record the patient's heartbeat, and then we talk to the family and the patient and see if there is a song that has a special meaning to them, or maybe a song that we've written together throughout our time together. And they can pick a song to go over top of that recording. It'll make more sense when you hear it, but the heartbeat acts as a drum beat and that constant rhythm throughout underneath the song that has that meaning. And then of course, some families decide that they just want the heartbeat and that's totally fine. That is their choice. And I've seen families do some really cool things with that too, like putting it in a teddy bear. However, they want to use that to best remember their loved one. And then additionally, um, we also collaborate with our arts and medicine program. And so when we send these out to families, they don't just get a flash drive in the mail with a song. They actually get a beautiful hand-painted box from our artists and residents. A lot of time we can personalize those too. And we've had some patients that they loved going fishing. And so they were able to paint a scene of a boy going fishing on the lake. So they also have that visual reminder. So this is an example, not with a patient, but with a coworker. But we actually just got a new device where we're able to record fetal heartbeats. And so this is a coworker who's about 30 weeks pregnant at the time. And we recorded her baby's heartbeat. And then she chose a song to go over top of that as well. And so it was something to support her as she's getting excited for the birth of her baby and to help improve that between caregiver and baby are so is so important and we really want to do as much as we can to encourage that early on so this is recording So that was a beautiful heartbeat layered on with just a snippet of the song and I I just have to say, I was already sold on these programs, but when they showed me that, that put me over the edge with these programs. So it's just incredible what you're able to offer. So we have these pieces and and you talked about collaboration to give these to patients, but you also offer opportunities for patients to showcase their own work, which in our world is such a valuable part of any arts engagement, any workshop is to have that exhibition or performance element of it. Melissa, can you describe some of the exhibit space that you offer and and maybe one example of a project currently on display. We have, I think it's seven or eight different gallery spaces. We have a patient art gallery. And in that, we are able to showcase, with the patient's permission, of course, pediatric patients or the adult patients, if they want to share their work. It is so important to showcase your work publicly. It takes courage to do that. And I think no matter what age, I remember we had a a mother on the antepartum unit, and these are moms that have to be on bed rest for whatever reasons, for their complications with their pregnancies. And so I had a mom who wanted to showcase her stuff. And and when her mother came and she was going to leave, she had to wheel down in the wheelchair so she could show her mother. It was it was actually really beautiful. And then we have other space and we showcase different local artists and it could be artists in the community or it could be our employees are extremely talented as well. Not only in the care that they give to their patients, but also creatively. Currently, we have three different photography exhibits up. One is by an employee here, James Deitch, and it's just amazing, beautiful nature images. And we also have local photographers, Margaret and Earl Todd. They have been supporters of the AIM program in in so many different ways. And 
Margaret was an employee here until she retired a few years ago. So we have all of their photographs, nature images as well on display right now. So Kate has another treat for us as we get to share another piece from the music therapy program. Kate, tell us a little bit about this piece and how it was used in conjunction with treatment. This piece was created by a middle school aged patient at St. Jude Clinic that had been working with for a little while individually. And one day his physical therapist approached me and just was talking to me about how difficult to get him engaged in the physical therapy exercises. You know, they're, they're painful. They're not always the most comfortable and it's not what you want to do. So she was just looking for a way to help get him more excited and engaged and motivated and asked if music would be able to help. And I said, sure, let's give it a try. I knew that he liked music, but I also knew that he loved video games and he loves playing on his iPad. So I brought him my iPad that has GarageBand on there. And we took some time exploring different instruments together. He loved having that opportunity to just creatively explore and really just see what he can do. They're very accessible instruments to play on there, which is really nice. So while he was doing his physical therapy exercises, he was actually was riding on a stationary bike. He was exploring these instruments. And then we also then asked him to create a drum to use for his next exercise, which was going to be stepping up onto a block and then stepping back down to help strengthen his legs. So he did that at the same time. He seemed like he didn't even realize that his legs were pedaling. He was just having so much fun on that iPad. Afterwards, we played his recording of his drum beat that you're about to hear. And he not only engaged in doing the exercises, but he did it for the whole time. And then what my favorite part about it too was he started to open up. It's a pretty quiet boy, but he started to laugh and smile, joke sarcastically with me, the physical therapist, because he's a middle school kid. But it was really helpful, not only for that rapport and relationship with me, but also with his physical therapist, because then as they continued with treatment, he had that relationship. And so even that helps with just changing the environment and changing that attitude of when you're coming in to the clinic, have it be something that you're looking forward to. So anyway, this is the recording that he created. That's so great. It, it also gives him agency in contributing to his own treatment in a way, which is wonderful. Not all of us get that when we're in those settings. Yeah. So again, we have Melissa Lawson from the Arts in Medicine program and Kate Leonard, music therapist with Huntsville Hospital. And we thank you ladies for sharing your time with us. Thank you for having us. Alabama Arts comes to you from the Alabama State Council on the Arts and the Alabama Center for Traditional Culture. Technical production by Deb Boykin. Series theme music, The Bounds of Beauty, written and performed by Scooter Muse.
Tonight on Alabama Arts, Jacqueline Viscup talks with Melissa Lofton, Director of the Arts and Medicine Program, and Kate Leonard, Music Therapist at Huntsville Hospital. Melissa and Kate explain how the arts enable patients to tap into their creativity as part of the healing process and serve as an outlet for staff to renew their energies, especially with the challenges created by COVID. When you come into the hospital, a lot of times you're assigned a medical record number or a patient room number, and sometimes a staff will even refer to people as room 422. Well, it's not a room. You're a person. And so I think the arts have such a great way of helping people remember staff and patients that we are people. We're human being. I'm not just a disease. I'm not just a diagnosis. You know, I'm an individual. Whether your diagnosis is curable or not, you're still a human. And that's one of the things I love about the arts. It absolutely helps humanize the environment. Definitely. But first, the news. This week on Alabama Arts, Jacqueline Viscup talks with Melissa Lofton, Director of the Arts and Medicine Program, and Kate Leonard, Music Therapist at Huntsville Hospital. It's not a room, you're a person. And so I think the arts have such a great way of helping people remember, staff and patients, that we are people, we're a human being. I'm not just a disease, I'm not just a diagnosis. You know, I'm an individual. That's Wednesday, 9 p.m. Central on Troy Public Radio.